if you've been trying to conceive every month naturally for one year, like if you're 13 months into it, you're considered infertile? Hi, I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild. We're wellness experts, fertility strategists, and moms who overcame infertility infusing science and all things natural. We are on a mission to boost your mood, your bod, and your inner mama spirit as you navigate this thing called life. From fertility to pregnancy and mamahood through menopause. Think of us as your own personal fertility squad as you make, grow, birth, and raise your baby. Fasten your seatbelts, lean lean in, in, and get ready to learn and be encouraged. This is my Fertology Podcast. Isn't it true that when we're trying to conceive, there's just this big focus on our age? And it's like, I I don't know about you, Tanya, but so many times when I'm like, oh my gosh, every month counts. And like uh, every month, I feel like my eggs are getting older. Right. Yes, 100%. And I remember going through the fertility journey myself and having an age cutoff because I was thinking doom and gloom. If I don't have my family complete after the age, uh, sorry, before the age of 40, then, you know, in my head, it was over, right? So um, it's interesting how you have your own kind of cutoffs and even just thinking about the fertility cliff that you hear about. And I I came across an article the other day, a friend sent to me, is it really just a myth, this fertility cliff? Like after 35, it's all downhill. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because really, there's so much out there, this pressure, even if you show up to a fertility clinic, that's one of the biggest discussions that you have. If everything looks clear, then it's, you know, your lack of uh, getting pregnant, staying pregnant, you know, age is the biggest discussion that's next, right? They say, you know, your eggs are old, and that's why you're not getting pregnant. Oh, and that is so valuable that you say that, right? Because I certainly have women that literally come from a fertility clinic and they're like weeping. I'm like, what's going on? Say, I just saw the fertility doctor the first time. And the first thing they tell me that is that I'm old and my eggs are old. And like, how do you like, and and, you know, they're going in uh, positive and just looking for ways to optimize. And yet they're hit with that. And so how do you deal with that? Right. It's like, oh my gosh. I thought that I was doing fine. I feel young. I look young. People tell me I'm young and I'm exercise. I do things. And now all of a sudden you're telling me I'm too old. Right. And I think it's the the doom and gloom of thinking that, you know, you, there's no hope, but, and that, and that fertility treatments are kind of almost the only option. But if you look at the statistics, and I, we really want you to learn this and understand this and know this, if you're a couple between the ages of 35 and 39, and you look at the statistics and you guys are trying, within the first year, 70% of you will get pregnant and stay pregnant. And then within the second year, they're out of the remaining 30% of you who haven't gotten pregnant half of you will have gotten pregnant by the second year. So that remaining 15% will be pregnant. So it's the remaining 15 out of that 30 that may be in the fertility world longer and take longer to get pregnant. But 85% of couples between the ages of 35 and 39 get pregnant by the end of that second year. 
Yeah. And so then to bring it back to this, when people talk about infertility, it's some, for some reason, as soon as you hit the fertility clinic, it's like, oh my gosh, I must be infertile. And yet in truth, I mean, both you, Dr. Tanya and myself, we don't really believe in that word anyway, because we look at suboptimal fertility or what I call fertility challenges sometimes, but really you just alluded to that. Like if you actually get pregnant within that second year and yet the definition for infertility is if you've been trying to conceive every month naturally for one year, like if you're 13 months into it, you're considered infertile, but yet statistically it's showing us that there's a whole handful of us that will get pregnant in the second year. So why are we labeling ourselves as infertile? Right. It, make sense. No, it is. It is a good question. So there is a, you know, we're not going to deny the fact that egg quality is, you know, a big factor, right? So with age, um, we do have more chromosomal blips, you know, like little glitches in our eggs within the DNA. And so it is better to start younger. However, we don't have to all of a sudden think that if you've gone into the fertility world after the age of 35, you've been trying to get pregnant. We say, go to the fertility clinic. If you've been trying to get pregnant for six months and you're not getting pregnant. So, but the reason for that isn't, you know, that you're infertile. If you haven't been, you know, getting pregnant it's because we want to make sure that we look at other factors. Perhaps we don't want to wait too long um, because maybe there's male factor or maybe your tubes are blocked. But if you've ruled everything out, mechanical, physical, you know, any issues in that way, and your husband's sperm and partner's sperm are healthy, then you can know that statistic that you might not need fertility treatments. You might just need time. Uh, that's really great. And, and it's just bringing me back to a patient that I have and, um, she actually did go to the fertility clinic, by the way, and she was a little older. And the, and we need to say this because I think there's an assumption that it's really like a woman's problem. And yeah. in her case, you know, she had PCOS. So it's like, oh, well, you know, and you're, you're over 40, so it must be all you. And for some reason, I don't even understand how this got missed, but they didn't test the husband. And when they finally tested him, maybe it was like very early on in the journey and they weren't at a fertility clinic. I'm not even sure how it happened, but they were testing her and they were like saying it's all her. But yet in the end, when they finally tested the husband two years in, he had like severe male factor issues. Oh, wow. So I was like, whoa. So like, here you are. And of course, women, you know, hello, being, a, you know, if you identify yourself as a woman and you've been trying a while, then it's like, oh my gosh, I've wasted two years of my life, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's your womanhood already feels rocked and you're kind of frustrated at that point, if, for sure, if you haven't been properly assessed as a couple. That would be so trying in 100%. The good news is they got to the bottom of it. Now, in that case, it makes total sense to get help, right? In that yes. case, the further treatment. So it's kind of like breaking down the, the, the picture in that, okay, so they, they advise and we advise patients even under the age of 35, if you've been trying for a year to get pregnant and you're not getting pregnant, 
to go to a fertility clinic to get assessed for the same reasons we just mentioned, you know, just make sure you rule out mechanical issues, physiological problems like blockages, um, you know, or maybe a, a pulp blocking your cervix or uh, uterine fibroids in an area where the embryo would implant, stuff like that. So it's really important to rule out issues. And then you can know still that even if you've been trying for a year, it might take two and that that's totally perfectly okay. It's funny because as a, as, as a, as a woman, we're trying our entire, um, you know, lives, uh, uh, you know, fertile year lives up until the time we're ready to get pregnant to not get pregnant. Like our whole goal is like, okay, must use concept, uh, uh, contraception and condoms and don't get pregnant. It's going to change your whole life. And then the moment you're not wearing a condom or protecting, you expect to get pregnant the first month because it's wired yes. in your head to, to avoid all this time. So then it's, then it's like, okay, the first month goes by and you're like, okay, I guess it's not that easy. And then you think that maybe something's wrong with you by the third month, fourth month, fifth month, then it's not always the case. There's nothing wrong with you. It might just take time. Right. And, and then, so actually we now will veer in towards, you know, when it's taking time, as women, we, and as we get older, it's like we love to have control over our lives. And so there are lots of things that you can do. So it's not just like, you know, haphazardly waiting to get pregnant. And I'm not just talking about positions of your sexual intercourse, okay? We're talking beyond that. It's like, well, what things can we help with, right? And yeah. we were talking about this offline. And, um, you know, if you've ever planted a seed in a garden well does it actually grow and blossom if you stick it in just in sand there's no nutrition in it probably not and then you know or or if it's over boggy water like it's like completely waterlogged and then you get root rot well you know you're probably not going to grow anything from that either how about so really throw in some nicotine and chemicals? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> the right? Mix, right? Yeah. Or poor nutrition for sure is what you're kind of saying, right? And then like your 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 uh, soil definitely impacts uh, you know, anyone who says that you can't improve your egg quality, well, ask them, can I continue smoking then? Right. If, it, if I was a smoker, could I continue smoking? But we know that and obviously sperm, they regenerate. Maybe not so obvious. We're born with all our eggs. Men, they regenerate their sperm every three months. They've got the power to do that, which is amazing. So them quitting is more obviously impactful. But yes. we are essentially the same. You know, we have ovaries, they have testicles. So there are a lot of things we can't test directly like we can't just quit smoking and then do a retrieval and check our eggs but we can do that with men, men's sperm like in three months see what their dna fragmentation or just test their sperm health after they quit smoking and see the impact there's definitely an impact in the Huge. same way when a yes. woman quits smoking and her egg quality would improve or her antral follicles that little eggs that are hanging out ready to mature within that year Love that. And so I'm just going to, I love examples and, you know, why not take it from our patient roster of patients, right? So I had this guy, and by the way, when we say smoking, that would include marijuana. And, mm -hmm. and so this is the case I'm speaking to. So this man, um, again, they were having health challenges, uh, not health challenges, they were having difficulty trying to conceive. And again, in the end, it, would it turned out he was actually smoking marijuana, smoking a joint a day. 
and his uh, DNA fragmentation was like through the roof. It was like 85%. And morphologically, it wasn't looking very good, meaning that the, the sperm did not look like sperm very much, right? It's supposed to have a head and a body and a tail, like, like a whippet-like tail to swim while it wasn't doing its job. So, and he was like, you know, but this is the way that I um, de-stress and I don't know if I can quit. And it's like, well, you know what? You want a baby and um, why don't we don't even need to go towards quitting for life. It's like, why don't you do a science experiment? Why don't you check your DNA fragmentation in like three months? Why don't you just go and try to like not smoke and, and let's see what happens as a science experiment. Well, the guy, he actually did stop for a month as a science experiment and he retested like in a month. So we know that spermatogenesis, the development of the sperm is actually up to three months, right? But yet within that one month of quitting, his sperm DNA went to like zero for DNA fragmentation within right. one month. And talk and so, to us about what DNA fragmentation is, just in case our viewers don't know what that means. Just a little bit more. Very good. So like they literally test the sperm because sperm, really what it is, it's like they, they, they house the DNA, the, you know, what makes you, you requires DNA, like to be who you are, but it's, a you know, from your mom and from your dad, he's 50%, right? The sperm has that, the blueprint, if you will, but that blueprint can get a little messed up with outside things like smoking. And this was a clear case that it did have an impact. And um, so it was amazing to see it like in real life and how, just shifting that one thing, which actually not so little, right? Because it was a long lifestyle habit. So I'm not going to undermine that. It probably took a lot to do that. And 100%. So then it's not, it's not just about quitting. It's about, well, what can we do to then help ourselves when we're feeling stressed? And of course, if you're a woman that smokes or smokes marijuana to kind of calm down, then you, you got to look at, well, you know, what is it doing for me? And what can I do instead that might make me feel better if I'm feeling stressed? And let's not undermine the fact that when you're trying to conceive, that is really stressful. Yes. It's interesting. I find that so fascinating that within one month, his DNA fragmentation improved. I think that is amazing that he was able to quit because it can be, you know, even though you don't, or you're not necessarily addicted to uh, marijuana, it's not a, necessarily a physiological addiction. Habits are sometimes really hard to break, right? And create. And, you know, I am always so uh, excited by my patients who uh, embrace new lifestyle changes and new nutrition or, um, you know, uh, nutrition habits and, recognize and see the impact that it first may perhaps has on their energy, but recognizing that just as much as taking away something like nicotine, like smoking and marijuana, the impact that healthy nutrition has on your egg quality and sperm quality. And it, it's kind of like people don't recognize that we, we put food in our, our mouths. I mean, like three to five times a day, sometimes more. So that habit, if you're eating something that's inflammatory or is irritating to your system, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bother your eggs too. So there's studies, for example, with women who have uh, endometriosis, when they remove gluten, they, uh, there's a study that showed that there's a 70% improvement in their pain 
um, with their periods because women who have endometriosis often get pain. And that's because their inflammation was lowered by removing gluten. I'm not saying everyone in the fertility world needs to, you know, uh, just uh, remove gluten from their diet, but it was fascinating that it had that kind of impact on women with endometriosis. So then their, their egg quality is improving because there's less inflammation and their, their lifestyle and how they felt improved. So um, it, you know, these are the types of sh- types of shift that can be shifts that can be so impactful. They definitely take big efforts. So kudos to all the, the people out there making these lifestyle changes, but it, sometimes it gets so confusing. What's, what's actually working, what should be recommended, like what you should follow because there's a lot of myths out there, which we're going to cover in great detail throughout these podcasts because it's yes. so confusing. Even for me as a consumer, sometimes when I'm out there buying foods, you know, uh, because labeling can be confusing and myths can be confusing. So, so then bring it back to the age piece, right? So the mm-hmm. whole point behind what you just said and what we were speaking to is that, mm-hmm. yes, okay, fine. We can't stop your age. Like you are getting older. I'm sorry to say, but it is a reality. That said, within reason, we certainly do have the capacity to change that soil to possibly affect the impact of the way the egg and the sperm develops in, um, to improve them. Right. So we know that certain habits can make it more challenging, but there's lots of things that you can do to help it. So it's like, this is why we're here, because we don't want you to just believe that, oh, my gosh, like this is the you know, this is my prison sentence. I am in my 40 year old body and that's it. And like, you know, my eggs have had it and it's not necessarily true. Is it more challenging? Absolutely. That's that's without a shadow of a doubt. Right. Because let's say you've been living your life a certain way for 40 years versus a living a certain way for 25 years. So it's like already a different level of inflammation, possibly. Right. So a 25 year old trying to conceive, you know, when they say it's like, oh, yeah, she's young and she has better qualities. Like, well, maybe also it's because even if she's having bad habits, it just hasn't progressed to the point at which it is when you're 40. Does that make sense, Tanya? Yeah. And you want to add something to that? I was, I was going to say, um, kind of just stepping forward, if you end up needing or being a good candidate, let's say, for example, IVF, and you decide, okay, you're, I'm 40, recognizing the statistics that after 40, if you do get pregnant, 50% of pregnancies sadly do end up in miscarriages. So there is that higher chance of miscarriage after the age of 40. And so yes. you decide I'm going to do IVF and that's where they, you know, we'll go into detail what that means in other podcasts um, and in our uh, program. I just want you to know that if you decide to do IVF and you end up um, perhaps with six eggs, that's like six months of trying in one go. So you may want to speed up your time of trying just so that perhaps you have a, you know, you're able to have a bigger family and you, you are 35 and that's how you want to look at it. You want to look at it. If you're going to do a, a procedure like IVF, it's just to speed up the number of months of trying into one go, but knowing the statistic that as a couple, it might take two years. If you're not recruiting 24 eggs and your six, you know, egg retrieval, um, fails and all the eggs show unhealthy, it doesn't mean that you have infertility still. It just means that you might have to 
um, try another IVF or again, work on your egg quality before you do the next IVF to work on the, the next group of eggs that you're recruiting. Does that make sense? You have brought such an important piece in, and I think we need to reiterate exactly what you said, because there might be a confusion when you said the 24 eggs. So what, what Tanya is actually addressing is over a two-year period, if you have a you know 28, 30-day cycle, then that's actually 24 eggs that you'll be dropping within the two-year period. So what you're saying is then when you do an IVF and you actually, let's say, retrieve, like make and then are able to retrieve, get out of the body six eggs at a time. That's like then six months of trying in one go. That's what yes, you're talking about. Exactly. Yes. Right? Thank you for explaining that. Yes. Yes. And then if you do 24, like it's very rare that you would kind of retrieve 24 eggs. So it's important to recognize that even if you are only able to reach the, the RE is only able to retrieve six eggs. Again, that's six months of trying. That's wonderful. But don't think it's a failure if it doesn't work, because going back to that statistic we shared initially, it could take 24 times of trying before you actually get pregnant as a couple. The same thing as the two years of trying. And if you haven't been trying for two years yet as a couple and you're jumping in because you just want to speed the process up, then you have to know that statistic. Don't think you're a failure and that you're infertile just because an IVF didn't work. You just look at how many eggs were retrieved and think, okay, so we've tried, maybe they retrieved eight eggs. So that's eight months of trying. That's right? awesome. I had never quite looked at it like that. But the other thing to add then too, again, going back to, because you know what? Isn't it true that like when a cycle fails or you don't get pregnant month after month, there's the automatic go-to is there's something wrong with me. Right. And so what we're going back to is like, even within that 24 month period, and it's normal to not conceive for that two year period, then does that mean there's something wrong with you? Absolutely not. So when the, so when that failed cycle happens, don't own it like it's personal you know, as women, we really do that, don't we? And the word, I can't, I actually can't, maybe we need to create a different word right now because I can't stand the word failed either. It's like uh -huh. a self-blame thing. Yeah. So it just didn't work out, right? So right. It, 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 the cycle didn't work and it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. still successful, I still find, don't you find <laughs> it's like, it's still like, right. ugh, no, it's, it's so a blame. So it's like, we just need to shift that conversation, get rid of those words. And let's just call it something different. It just didn't work out that cycle. And it doesn't mean that it's you at so all. I like, I like to say we, you know, great. You made room for the golden egg. You know, it, it's, it. uh, you, you basically um, decluttered your eggs and are making room for the golden one. Because that would have been six months of wasted time in that case. You know, if you're in that, in that uh, IVF world. And so instead of thinking it, as you're saying, as a failure, just think, okay, six, six eggs down, let's keep going. Let's get to the one golden one within those 24, right? Yeah. So for those of, those of you that are like, oh my gosh, I just find this um, process so draining. And my mindset is like, oh my, like, how can I give myself a boost? I can barely hang on. It's hard to work. And that'll be another podcast, by the way, we're going to talk about, you know, fertility and, and navigating that while you're working and knowing your limitations. Um, but it's like, you, you got to just see that it's not necessarily just, oh my gosh, there's something wrong. And how do we pull ourselves out of it by talking, not just like made up positivity, like, 
do you know what I mean? Like when we try to force positivity, it doesn't work, but we actually want to really look at the reality. It's like, and, and it is stats based. It's like, so there yeah. actually is a chance. Like it is very real. And how do we optimize those chances? By doing things that we can control, like in our food and in our, you know, how we move and how we sleep. And does that have to be perfect? No. And we will do deep dives in all of those things. And we are like, we, I have to just bring this up if you don't mind, Tanya, because like we're all about giving back. And yet there's only so much time in the day. So we are going to tell you right now that in the next coming months, we are, we've actually been working on this for like over a year. So we are super excited that in the next month or so, we're going to be introducing a boot camp. So literally for all those type A personalities, this, this is for you because I wish we had it when we were going through it, right? So it's 100%. like we're going to do deep dives on all those things about fertility in terms of like really setting you up through mindset, through actual like taking you through the fertility journey step by step because and, and like hold your hand going through it because gosh, nobody really did it for us. And you just kind of like go into the, like just going to the fertility clinic is an overwhelm. Going to those Facebook chat groups is an overwhelm, right? So we really want to hold your hands and guide you through it so that you know what the hell's going on and that you're not like floored and like having the rug pulled underneath you. Like you, you just got it going and so that you can thrive through this process because we do believe that it is possible. We know right. because we have been there and we have learned a hell of a lot through our own personal experiences and through our patients. And we've seen like 10,000 women and <laughs> couples, like really, we know what we're doing. So anything to add to that, Tanya? It's like, I'm so excited that we get to do this for people. Yeah, no, I'm totally excited. I just think about my first step into a fertility clinic and just that memory of, you know, acronyms and tests and assessments and how excited I am to help people just, you know, navigate that world if they end up jumping into the fertility clinic. Perhaps it's just as simple as just guiding them through. Um, you know, healthier, uh, improving their soil, like improving their body, their constitution and their mindset going through the journey. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to lose yourself. So you want to understand everything, understand the statistics, understand the best nutrition and the pillars of health. We think we talk about all the time, you know, exercise and sleep and, and, and mindset, but you just, you, you really, really want to just not lose yourself, not just, you know, uh, feel like you're thriving so that you can get pregnant and stay pregnant, but also so that while you're trying, you're actually enjoying life, right? Yes. Because yes. it's so easy just to get lost in this whole process. And part of our goal with this program we're going to be doing and this next boot camp is just we're going to help you feel empowered because one of the things that happens when you go through this fertility journey, the subfertility journey rather than infertility journey is that, you know, you essentially feel out of control and, you know, it's a very, uh, like, a it's a challenging journey because you feel like your, your womanhood is rocked. And then you also feel yes. out of control. So we're going to give you some of that control back by understanding and helping you navigate and improve your mindset. Love it. And then just recap in terms of this specific episode, and we're specifically dealing with weight age, which everybody talks about anyway, we can't get around it. And so if the 
ultimate question, is time really running out? I would actually say no. Yeah. Because there's lots of things that you can do to get back into control. So, Unless you're actually 50 and you are in menopause, then I'm say I'm sorry. Maybe right. you need to look at something else. Yeah. <laughs> and between 45 and 50, you know, you see in the celebrity world, a lot of um, you know, popular celebrities getting pregnant and I'll say, you know, often that it's with their own eggs and that is possible. Maybe they froze their eggs earlier or maybe it is with their own eggs, but they might have done multiple IVFs or multiple treatments. And so it's just understanding that, yes, there is a uh, fertility cliff, but it's a lot older than they state. You know, they often say it's after 35. I think um, you know, there's just based on our own patients and looking at the literature between 35 and, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know if you want to put a number on it, but, you know, in your early forties, there's definitely, uh, there's hope and a lot more than what is often kind of out there. So you don't have to be, uh, in a state of total doom and gloom after you leave a fertility clinic being told that your eggs are old because there's a lot you can do now for them. Yeah. And that's, and that's why we are here because people are misinformed. You are misinformed. And so you just walk away with your tail between your toes kind of thing. Right. And, and it's like, no, let's, let's, let's have you get your life back, take charge of your own life and fertility, live your life. And will guide you. Like really, we have the tools, the know-how, the experience, the stories, and, and we are so blessed to be working with this community of awesome women, which includes you who are listening right this second. So like, and, and we're so honored to be here. Like we created this out of um, the need that we want to reach more women because we see that women are silently suffering right? And we want to reach more people and it's beyond the confines of our four walls in our cl- clinics. So, you know, like we are here for you. So gosh, I can't wait. And, you know, please do reach out to us and um, with your story or your challenges. And in fact, like, you know, if you're experiencing fertility challenges, you could DM us at meet Mary Wong on my Instagram. What is your uh, Instagram again, Dr. Dr. Tanya Wilde, spelled W-Y-L-D-E underscore N-D, as a naturopathic doctor. Yeah, so you can reach out to us, DM us, and tell us, you know, what is your biggest challenge right now? Because we want to hear from you, and we want to, like, believe me, we've collated, like, collected so much data, so I don't think we're going to miss it. But just in case, you can still reach out and say, hey, what do you want us to cover? We'll look at it, and we'll do it, for sure, hands down. Okay, I think we've, like, gone on and on, so let's just say... We look forward to speaking to you more next time.